Welcome to another edition of the Supercoach HQ podcast. I'm Shorty, and today I'm joined by Sean and Adam. How are we going, fellas? G'day, mate. Pleasure to be here. Doing well, thanks, Shorty. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. Going all right, and uh, a few interesting things happening at the team selection for our weekend sides. I mean, Nick Nat, again, is going to miss in those unfortunate circumstances. Franklin didn't get up either, and a bit of bench cover potentially for a few people. Loney's out, Maynard dropped. Cole Hune also dropped for Port Adelaide. But there is a bit of saving grace. Delidio comes back in, Jack Steele, and, of course, Nat Fife. Finally, Fife is back. It's about time. He's been a real, you know, thorn in our side, basically, because he's been out for a while at the wrong time of year. But some interesting selections there. And I'm just going to throw to uh, Adam firstly, um, you know, some thoughts on, on the teams, really, and how it affects you. Because at this point in time, you know, it could affect some people even just on the bench coverage sort of thing. And, of course, Fife come back helps a lot. But um, how's your team shaping up now that we're really into some knockout finals, mate? Yeah, it's wavered pretty well so far. Um, I did have Nick Nat last week, so I traded him out, bit the board early. So I'm not really facing that problem this week. I know it is a an issue quite common with some other people. Good to have Fife back, though. Averages 110 up against the Eagles, so... Looking forward to his return. And another one you didn't mention, Rob Murphy back in 5% of teams. So a couple of happy mm. coaches there with the return of Bob Murphy. Yeah, no, that's a good point, mate. I think at this stage of year, trades are sort of starting to dwindle. I know, uh, Sean, you had three left. It might make a few. Me and Adam sitting on the one. And it's a really interesting debate of because we hold these trades all year for a rainy day. And as we just mentioned, there's a few guys that potentially we may want to trade out or, or get some coverage on, but then in the back of the mind, just naturally there's, oh, geez, three weeks to go sort of thing. What if, what if, what if, you know, someone gets rested? What if this and that happens later in the year? I think we all agree that now you have to act right now, I suppose. If you've got someone out, then you need to act on it. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Sean? I mean, you've got the most trades out of us three guys. Um, walk us through your thought process there because... I don't think there'll be too many who get to this part of the year with three trades, surprisingly. From what I'm reading, a lot are definitely down to one. If not, they're out of trades. Yeah, look, mate, I think the golden rule here is if you're in elimination finals, you've got to use them because you, there's no point going out with a couple of trades left still still holding. As, as, as Dave said in today's trade wins, you've got to go hard or you will go home. So no point hanging on to them. Use them. And then if you do happen to get through, then you might have a stronger side than you did last week anyway. Yeah, exactly. I think you can't really plan for what may or may not happen, which we touched on last week as well. I think you got to, you know, if you, for example, Franklin's out or Nick Nat and you're struggling with that, you just got to act on the now because you might take that gamble and you may get lucky later on. I mean, your team might go through fine and you may not need to use any trades out of necessity. So... It's an interesting point, but definitely pull the trigger on that one. And Adam, you raised the point of the dual position players and the importance of them and how they sort of come into it. We might throw that one to you and you can expand on that because it is an interesting sort of debate and a nice little tactic of Supercoach these days. Yeah, I was thinking to myself a little bit of an internal debate about what do you favour? Do you favour the flexibility of maybe a dual position player? Or do you go the sole position player? So the sort of example I was thinking about was maybe we look at Brett Delidio, who's a forward and a midfielder, and 
a really good score. And if you stack up his numbers, he's almost as competitive up against like the top 10 midfielders. So if you're bringing, looking to bring in someone like him over maybe a Matt Prittis or a Patrick Dangerfield, do you favor that he has that extra flexibility or do you just go for the best scorer? What, what are our thoughts there? Yeah, I'll throw to you, Sean. I mean, you put that sort of plan into action on a rookie side of things as well, I believe, mate. Well, I did, mate. It's very important to have all that extra coverage where possible. I brought in, well, I'm thinking of bringing in a rookie defender who ne- won't necessarily play, but if he's the bottom of the barrel, I can use all that extra cash for an upgrade elsewhere. And then you've got that dual position, so if something does happen in the next couple of weeks, I can still swing back and forth. So I think any extra flexibility that you can grant yourself, you've got to take it because, as we know, anything can happen with teams, so the more coverage you have, the better. Yeah, that's right. I guess if you can identify the exact switch, and Jack Steele probably will be the most likely one for a lot of people, I think if if you're tossing up between two players and you're really torn on the idea, then that dual position may be the difference. You might opt for the dual position player, but I do think don't go looking for a dual position player and, and select him over someone else that maybe you rate higher. Certainly stick with the old firm and definitely pick the best player. But certainly if it comes right down to the wire, then that may be something to definitely consider. And we might finish the old podcast on a bit of vice-captain loophole because interesting to note that Goldstein, very popular pick for captains of late, playing the 2-10 game on Saturday. Dangerfield against the Bombers would certainly be a tasty option, and he plays at 145 on the Saturday. So you won't be able to loophole that combination. I'm not sure if people will be having the faith in Fife immediately. Some probably will. But I think tonight's game, the Swans and Collingwood, are definitely one you might want to have a look at a few players at. And there is a few players, so I might uh, throw this one to Adam first off and just discuss a couple of maybe the Collingwood options because we'll get Sean's thoughts on the Swans, of course. So just a few vice-captain loophole options, guys. Yeah, the obvious picks from the Magpies are probably Scotty Pendlebury and Dane Swan. And I think at this stage, Pendlebury will be the one I run with. Josh, you touched on him in your skippers on Supercoach HQ. He's averaging 105 his last three games up against the Swans, which did include a 182 up in Sydney last year. The only thing to touch on is that he hasn't played at the SCG, so we're not too sure if that's going to affect things. But I think as a vice-captain option, you do have the double chance, and I think Scotty Penderbury's worth taking a punt on. I think Josh Kennedy also is one, if you're looking at a Swan, who's done pretty well against the Pies in the past, a couple of hundreds in his last couple of games. Um, but, yeah, of course, it's worth looking at tonight's match because D- Dangerfield and Goldstein play at virtually the same time tomorrow, so... Very tough to split those two. I just thought a nice point of difference, if you've got him, is Tom Rockliffe, who scored 182 against the Blues last year. Maybe someone to look at. Yeah, that's a good point. What do we think the pass mark is? Because I reckon Pendlebury will be a very popular pick. I think I'm definitely going to run with him tonight. But do you take a 130? Do we need 140? Because, you know, Goldstein's just pumping out points left, right and centre. I'm in danger field. I took his 152 last week. Do we have any thoughts? A lot of people often say 130 is the rule, but it can sometimes get to that stage and all of a sudden, you know, it's a bit tricky. So do we have some thoughts on that? Well, Goldstein's averaged 162 over his last five games, which is just phenomenal. But I think... I still think around 135 would be... You've got to take that because it's money in the bank. 
points points are there locked in, and you never know what can happen. Injuries, God forbid that he should go down, but you never know. So I, I'd still stick with one thirty five around that. Yeah, I think one thirty is around the mark, especially the form that Goldstein is just on the battle between Goldstein and Dangerfield. A big inclusion for the Bombers last week was Heap Hocking, a very good tagger. So watch out for him. I know he's done a couple of good jobs on Paddy Dangerfield in the past. So if you were tossing up between Dangerfield and Goldstein, I'm gonna I'm gonna say stick with Goldstein. Yeah, no, that's a pretty good point there, mate. Some good thoughts as always, fellas. We'll wrap it up there ahead of uh, the knockout finals this week for most people anyway. So good luck for the weekend and hopefully all goes well. No laid outs. No injuries, hopefully. So thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks, mate. Always a pleasure. And be sure to check back to the Supercoach HQ website for the content there and also the podcast that we do early in the week, the table. And, of course, like us on Facebook, bit of Twitter as well. So definitely get us around on that front. See you, guys.